I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And I'm Noelle LaCroix. And this is Orgasm, the podcast from Chipperish Media where we reach for explosive inspiration. Each episode is a deep dive into a topic that sparks our creative energy, and we'll talk about that topic through our sort of messy ideas framework, identification, discovery, exploration, analysis, and synthesis. Today's orgasm is about nature, so let's go play outside. Before we get to the afterglow from our last episode, we want to give a shout out to Tim and Jeff. The IT geniuses who fixed the technical feed issues and helped us get orgasm out to all the podcatchers. Woo! Thank y'all so, so much. Yeah, Tim and Jeff. Yay! All right. So our last topic was magic. Let's talk about the afterglow. I got nothing. No. <laughs> I got <laughs> No, I just got hit with all of the mundanity over the last couple of weeks, and it was really hard to tap into any sort of magic in the way that I'm used to thinking about it. But since people give the advice that they need to hear, and I distinctly remember telling you at least once that magic is something that you can choose to engage with, I looked for places where I could choose to choose magic. Even if that was just letting myself be awed and appreciative of all of the different bodies and experiences and just the tremendous variety in the people around me and in my friend circles. I love that. Yeah. Everything is magical if you let it be. Absolutely. And I do love your appreciation for seeing beauty in everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The human body is incredibly beautiful in all of its wondrous variety. And Mm -hmm. so much of what we think of as being beautiful about human bodies is sold to us. And if you kind of forget everything that you have been taught or that you think is just sort of innate to you about attraction and what makes a human body pleasing to look at if you just erase that for half a second and start to just see all of the the differences you know all of this this fantastic variety that we have in human bodies it's just everyone just becomes incredibly beautiful and magical you know just the fact that we're all here that there's only one of each of us and there will only ever be one of each of us I could go on and on and on about how cool individuals are and individual bodies and experiences and all that. So, But I do always appreciate hearing you talk about this. It's just a perspective that you have that, you know, I admire and would like to learn how to channel more of. But like you, (laughs) afterglow is hard to reach for because... The universe is, in fact, a trickster with a wicked sense of humor that loves fucking with me. So right after I came on a podcast and talked about magic, I got hit with an overload of mundane. I mean, come on. (laughs) One thing after another, just one thing after another, after another, after another. So damn. (laughs) Just damn. (laughs) But over the last two weeks, I did follow through on some of my orgasm homework and explore places around here that inspired me. 
And I was really glad I made some time for that, even though I didn't have the amount of time that I wanted. I at least got some things done. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so one was a great place that I call the Magic Shop, but is actually called the Center for Mind, Body, and Spirit. And they offer a slew of holistic services, and they sell beautiful things. And I just fell in love with the place. And just being in there made me happy. And it's very close by. (laughs) (laughs) I will be going back. great. Yeah. And then I did drive. It is across town, but there's a coffee shop I've been wanting to visit for a long time. And I finally went, and it was amazing. And I will be going back because that was all kinds of fun. If I didn't know this was a thing, but this is a sex-positive coffee shop with floor-to-ceiling bookshelves of a lending library that is pretty much all erotica. And they also have fantastic coffee and board games. So basically someone built a coffee shop for me and I had no idea. (laughs) You put an order out into the universe and somebody filled it. Somebody, (laughs) you know, started brewing the coffee. So it was fantastic. (laughs) And I have been reading more, which really makes me happy. And this is, you know, fantasy fiction that lights up my imagination and draws me into story. And story is and will always be the best kind of magic for me. So I don't know why it has taken me so long to get back into fiction. It feels Mm. like it's been forever. But it just took a really good book. So now I'm actually reading two at the same time. (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) Well, of course I am. But it feels like one opens into another. Like, it's just... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know no, how to No, that makes it. sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense to me. It's like when you get the ball rolling on a project and suddenly it's easier to get more into it and do more things and suddenly you're exploring different avenues either inspired by that project or within the project. No, I understand it. It makes sense to me. Yeah. So anyway, that's just been really fun. So I'm still struggling with daily magic practices. But it, it really seems to be more a matter of time and attention than a lack of intuition or skill. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just sort of like, to what do you attend, right? Yes. And mine tends to be whatever is the most urgent. And often urgent is decided by someone who is not me. Yes. Yeah. I still have this kid who needs to be parented and I still have a job that likes to pile on extra projects and or or there's just something you know something happens at the house or there's someone needs me it's just something Mm -hmm. so I think I feel better about realizing that it is a lack of time and attention because I can learn how to better hone attention I don't feel like it's something I can't learn anymore and that is progress no that's great progress So, speaking of things that we didn't have time for, um, (laughs) (laughs) as I wish you guys could see, we are recording this the night before it's going to go up, and it's late. You're going to tell on us? Come on I'm going to tell on us. And we both tried to write scripts for the last week and wrote this at the last minute, and it's just going to be that kind of ride, because (laughs) it's been that kind of week. And I remember... 
you know, we had we had made a list of possible topics and, and nature was on there because mm-hmm. I thought, God, there's so much to talk about. It's connected to magic and it's a constant source of inspiration and it felt like a sure path to an orgasm and like surely writing that would be a piece of cake and it would be fun and again, trickster universe. And so like <laughs> my thoughts on nature are so messy. I mean, it is ridiculous. And I always worry when I talk messy because I feel like I'm rambling. But it was either share the messy or wait for <laughs> clarity. And that could take years. <laughs> <laughs> and we just got the subscription feeds working. Yes. <laughs> now we have to. We have no excuse. So here we go. Shall we jump into our ideas framework? Yes. Awesome. Start with identifying for us, honey. Oh, my gosh. So identification. I thought that talking about nature would be really easy because, like, trees and shit, right? I mean. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no. As soon as I got into thinking about my relationship with nature, I started rolling that word around in my mind. And I came up with mother nature and the idea of nature versus nurture and sheep and growing children and (laughs) crap. I mean, I was ready to talk about hiking and being outside. And here I am thinking about nature as a physical force personified and the essential qualities of us as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I started asking myself questions like, how much of who I am is my nature? And What does it mean to be of nature, as in part of the physical world, like any other mammal? And in terms of nature, I mean, the natural world, I don't think of myself as an outdoorsy person, which is kind of ridiculous, because I grew up in Santa Monica, five blocks from the beach. I spent most of my time outside as a little kid. I walked places in high school and in college when I didn't have a car. And I was a stereotypical tree-hugging hippie for a while. I mean, literally hugging trees, swimming in lakes, (laughs) that sort of thing. So I never thought of myself as outdoorsy because I wasn't athletic. And I've always associated nature and the outdoors with a kind of athleticism that I don't have or didn't have until fairly recently. And I also had a really, truly awful experience hiking when I was a teenager. So the idea of being the kind of person who does things in nature still just really seems alien to me. Which is so funny when you said, I don't think of myself as outdoorsy. Because I always think about you walking outside and hiking. Well, that's because that's basically all I did this summer with my children. I have two yeah. school. I have two school aged kids, and it's very difficult. They are they're four and a half years apart, which means that they are exactly the wrong age distance apart to do anything together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yes. what is appealing to the older one is to grown up for the little one and what is appealing to the little one is to baby for the older one but one thing that 
I could do with them that was also free or very low cost was taking them hiking over the Mm -hmm. summer. So we did a lot of hiking over the summer. And I think I probably texted you from trails more often than not (laughs) during during like July and August. The association has solidified in my mind. (laughs) No, so that makes sense to me. But no, that was a fairly recent discovery, partly out of summertime break, you know, school break desperation. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, I, I don't think of myself as outdoorsy. No, maybe I need to reframe that. No, not at all. Because I certainly don't think of myself as outdoorsy at all. I mean, my idea of camping is a hotel without room service. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, I'm 40 years old and I have never actually spent an entire night outdoors. Not sleeping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've never actually slept outside. So, I... It, it just kind of cracks me up to even <laughs> to have this as a topic. And trying to define my terms just led to reflection and questions. And like you, I was lowercase nature versus uppercase nature. Nature versus natural. Human mm-hmm. nature versus the natural world. And human nature and my individual human nature. And... Oh my God. Like, I don't even know where to go with that. So if I have to define my terms for now, I'm defining nature as an organic force, sometimes fierce and sometimes friendly, but always existing and evolving and expressing itself on its own terms, which I think is why I love it. Because it sure as hell is not the heat and humidity in the books, but... (laughs) (laughs) when I think of nature Mm -hmm. like in the spirit of which I would have explored an orgasm I think first of storms of course sure thunder lightning wind and rain and then wildflowers and then the in-between spaces and landscapes and skyscapes so bridges over running water Mm. sunset and sunrise but not so much the daytime in between dawn and dusk clouds and colors rolling across the sky and the hush of midnight as one day gives way to the next but it's something about that transitional changing moment that frame Mm -hmm. and crescent moons and new moons and full moons comets and shooting stars the cresting and breaking of waves the movement of the earth it's like the music of change yeah which if i'm being completely raw and honest is a lot like the last seconds of building tension before crashing into an orgasm. It's like the the space between holding a note and a rising crescendo of human voices or the echo fading into silence after a bird's call and then the surprise that comes with the next. So it's something about motion and change. It's wrapped in unpredictability and marked by tiny moments of explosive energy Never still, but not always seen. And so that's why it feels like a living force to me, because it encompasses us and holds us and rocks us. And it's also part of us, but it's bigger than us. So it's this wildness that we can't tame or control or predict and thank all the gods for that wild energy, because it makes me feel alive and connected to the world. Oh, I love that. And that's the best I can do as an indoorsy kind of girl. (laughs) (laughs) So... All right. So as an indoorsy kind of girl, 
what do you do with that wildness? Like, how do you, how do you reconcile your, you know, natural of nature, human body and the wildness that you just described with being an indoorsy sort of person? (laughs) I'm asking myself the same question. (laughs) If you, (laughs) you can see how red my face was right now. Uh Um, You might... (laughs) So moving on to discovery. (laughs) I'll just say it's not something I'm in touch with as often as I'd like to be and an area that I feel disconnected from. But all of those natural spaces and experiences are sort of romantic for me. Like there's a there's a connection between that side of nature that feels both romantic and creative and if someone's going to kiss me well, I would prefer it be outdoors. I have no appropriate response to that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see the like, the like Rolodex of responses in my head. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. This is a public podcast. Nope, yeah. nope. <laughs> I like being outside, I guess, in different ways. All right. Discovery, discovery. Back on task. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to say that moves us into discovery, but I think that was probably just the most clunky transition ever to transition. (laughs) But you know what? I'm just going to let it be because I have feelings about romance and it I'm I'm processing. (laughs) It's the best word I have for it. Like we the English language fails me on this every single time. Yeah, no. We I'm... need to do an orgasm episode about this. About romance? Yes. And oh, and God. the fact that the word doesn't oh, mean God. what I mean when I say it. No, I know I think I know what you mean when you say it. I just bounce so hard off of romance. But I mean, I guess that's a thing to to talk about <laughs> on a different episode. Yeah. So discovery The discovery of nature. I think I touched on my discovery process as I was working through identification. And what do we even mean when we're talking about nature, right? As in Mm -hmm. lowercase n nature or uppercase n nature, how are those different? And the answer to that one, I think, is they're different, but I'm not really sure how. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm tempted to capitalize nature when I'm talking about the natural world, probably because I think of it as a whole sentient being I think of it as a body Mm. whereas lowercase nature makes me think more about the essential qualities of a person or an animal you know the things that we're born with so I took my thoughts on nature capital N nature versus lowercase n nature to the woods and I came to no real conclusions other than I enjoy thinking about nature in nature (laughs) good But walking in the woods feels very natural to me in that it feels inherent, almost like my body was meant to do it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what to do with that other than feeling that sort of connection to myself as a mammal Mm -hmm. (laughs) in nature, which since it's just such a strange thing to say I feel strange saying it but 
that's as close as I can get to explaining that sensation. No, I totally understand it. Um, and, and some of my thoughts went in, in sort of similar directions. But I'm learning, and I think this is interesting, in, in trying to sort of grapple with this messy framework of ours, is making me organize my thoughts in a way that I normally don't. And I think it's interesting that I'm finding some crossover with writing as a bigger process, mm. which we'll talk about later. But also the cross thinking of doing multiple podcasts. So yes, certain things stay with me from other shows. And what I'm learning for me, discovery is a process of asking questions. So this is an inquiry based process. And there's a period of reflection and memory. And then it's the need for a metaphor or some mm -hmm. kind of, mm -hmm. of frame to hang the ideas on, which is not really that surprising. But realizing that they sort of come in that order and that that works for me has been eye-opening. Mm. And so this week I watched Hope Floats with Mandy Kay for Southern Fried Pop Culture. And my favorite character in that movie asked a question said, what did you start out loving? And that to me Ooh, seemed to be a question of true nature. Yeah, right? that's a great question. Isn't that a good question? What did you start out loving? And that question has stayed with me. And so it was in my head when I was, you know, working toward orgasm. And <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, let's go back to when I was a child, right? Sure. And as a kid, I was always outside because... Our family lived at the Little League field, and there was tons of fishing and red Georgia clay and heat and heat and heat and humidity and bugs and snakes and yard work, all of which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> but fireflies and beautiful scenery, you know, and especially the nighttime sky, sunsets and oceans and rivers and mountains and little bubbling brooks, storms and the wind, like I remember always being drawn to those things, but normally sneaking out to them in isolation. So when I was very young, I wanted to be in those places alone with a book. Mm -hmm. So I would sneak out and climb a tree with a book and read for hours just wrapped in like a green sanctuary. And when we took family trips to the ocean, I would sneak out at night and sit on the sand under the moon and just commune with the waves and the salt air. So give me a forest at sunset or an ocean at night, and that is what joy feels like to me. But when I got older, I mean, I still do enjoy the solitary time in those spaces. Mm -hmm. But when I got older, I started feeling this connection between those natural places and human emotion to the point that I wrote this ridiculously over poetic essay in college <laughs> about what we think we feel is emotion is actually us feeling wind. And like, that's the communication of the wind and that's the best human experience has, but the wind covers all emotion and it carries hmm. through us and that's what we feel. And yeah, well, huh. there you go. I was, 18 and <laughs> unable to articulate my feelings about this. But it became something I enjoyed both alone and with someone I was very close to. And which is why I was laughing so hard when you asked about an indoor girl experiencing uh -huh. 
nature. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Because it... Uh-huh. And, and not not necessarily always sexually, but there's something about taking a long walk in a quiet space with just you and another person that's very intimate. Mm-hmm. And it opens up to conversation or even just shared moments that we don't make time for most of our days. Mm-hmm. And and I like that quiet shared time. It's just something that I really enjoy and had kind of forgotten how much I like. Yeah. But I remember sort of grabbing the hands of the people I was dating and being like, hey, we are about to go spend two hours down this trail. Let's go. (laughs) And it's just funny to me that I was the one who would lead that because I never considered myself outdoorsy. But I think walking in a forest, especially, is special for me because it feels a lot like falling into a book because there's this whole world waiting for you outside of the daily mundane and you can rewalk the same trail over and over again but just like rereading the same book the story is never exactly the same because right. you might notice different things or there might be new flowers or fallen trees or wildlife that crosses your path just like words that you reread can speak to you as you grow and change and they can have new meaning so when i needed to explore something for this episode I went to the forest, like you, (laughs) which I think is kind of cool that we both ended up doing that. Yeah. Although I think the settings that we ended up in were very, very different, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Well, I'm fortunate enough that I have lots and lots and lots of state parks and trails. And I live in the Pacific Northwest, which is just, I mean, it's, it's, Washington is the evergreen state, and it's called that for a reason. I mean, there's a lot of greenery around. And so exploring nature for me, if I'm moving us into exploration, see how see how seamlessly I did that. And now I'm going to like just rip the seam out and (laughs) just be like, this is me moving to a different section of my notes. Here we go and go. (laughs) so going back to my my clunky transition transition steer the craft baby you're good so for exploration i got very bogged down in words and definitions and thinking about my own nature versus how i was nurtured and i just started asking questions like why do i feel most like myself when i'm walking outside Mm-hmm. What is that? Is it something about me as an individual? Is it part of my nature? Or is it about being a human being and having evolved to walk long distances? Or is it some combination of the two? Or something else entirely that I haven't thought of because my tiny human mind can only wrap itself around so many concepts at once. So my exploration of nature was really all questions and no answers. Mm -hmm. But of course, I was also outside in the forest as I was doing this thinking. And this week's hike was the first one I've done since both my children were back in school. So I was able to explore nature in the sense that I hiked a trail I'd never been on before, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. 
And I love what you said about walking the same trail and having it feel different or being able to take different things away from it, from from that experience each time. And that being like reading a book or engaging with a story, mm-hmm. because I definitely have that experience of both hiking the trails that, that I like to hike, but also for me, it's movies more than books, I think, yeah. because of how visually inclined I am. But mm-hmm. I've definitely watched the same film multiple times and taken something different away from that experience. And that is absolutely true of, gosh, any walk, not even not even a hike necessarily, but like a, like a walk to school. I walk to school with my oldest most days and it's a different walk every day, both because we talk about something different almost every day, but Mm -hmm. also because I just feel different every day emotionally and also in my body. Like I woke up this morning and my back was tweaked for no real reason. Just, you know, it decided that, yeah, it just decided it wanted to hurt this morning. So I'm walking along and like the impact of walking feels different when you have back pain. And, you know, and anybody who, who has struggled with any kind of issue in their physical body knows that experience of, well, I've done this before. I've done this activity or I've, you know, I've walked in this place before. But I physically feel very different mm-hmm. from one walk to the next. And so it's interesting because exploring nature in the sense of like going outside and walking on a trail that I've never walked on before, that I really understand, you know, vis-a-vis exploration in our in our kind of funky framework (laughs) you know because I know like I know how to explore nature in that way right take a different trail Mm -hmm. notice the sky listen to the birds see if you can figure out what kinds of birds they are and if anybody knows what the bird in the Pacific Northwest that literally says cheap 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 is I would love to know we've got a bird (laughs) yeah we've got a bird in the Seattle area that says cheap 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 (laughs) Okay. You know, notice the stars. Notice the phase of the moon. Notice how you feel at different times of year. I mean, I struggle in winter like a lot of people do because it's cold and dark and I just want to hunker down. But, you know, I got stuff that I got to do. So I love hearing you say hunker down. I grew up saying hunker down. I think it's very <laughs> funny that it's a it's a it's a southernism. <laughs> It is a southernism. I mean, I the only southern in my family is Southern California, and that's not exactly the south. So. <laughs> but we grew up saying hunker down, so there you I go. Like it. Yeah, yeah. But using nature as a way to think about my own nature, again, I I may have bitten off a lot more than I could chew with this topic. <laughs> Well, that's what I meant. We're either going to talk messy or we're going to wait for clarity and this podcast will come out in five years. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Ten years from now, we'll have it all figured out. That's It'll right. be great. <laughs> One episode each decade. It will be awesome. <laughs> Our tagline will be worth the wait. Just kidding. No. <laughs> 
But I was actually really glad for the deadline of having to record because a lot of the times I'll find places I want to go visit and then it'll go on a list and then I'll get busy or distracted and basically it just lives on the list forever. So in, you know, kind of this goal of exploring my new city and and finding my way around, I searched for parks nearby because I'm in St. Louis. I'm not in a, a, you know, a rural area. But we do have some parks here, and I found a place which I had actually driven past this trail. There's a very small little sign, and that's all there is to it. And it just looks like a dirt road starting off the street, and I didn't pay much attention to it. (laughs) But when I Googled parks near me, (laughs) this came up, and it turns out that that little trail a half mile from my house is actually the entrance point to a forest. And it's a large forest and there's uh, also a bird sanctuary there so it's called Ruth Park Woods and it's an undeveloped green space in the middle of a bustling city and so something about that just delighted me (laughs) so after work on Monday I took my camera and my goddess oracle deck and I walked down to the trail and walked through the trail and so it was just it was really fun I can't remember the last time that I did that. I'm pretty sure it was before my son was born. So we're talking mm. maybe 20 years. But like I said, the forest has both romantic and creative association for me because it's a place you can get lost without necessarily getting scary lost. You know, and it's a place oh, you can build yeah. a little fire or pick wildflowers and taste honeysuckle and smell tea olive. Not in Missouri, but in Georgia. <laughs> It's always been a place to talk deeply and kiss slowly. Arms entangled under trees who have spent hundreds of years watching people carry on beneath them. And there's something about that for me that just feels like a dreamy place where you can find inspiration and and think deep thoughts, but also just be. Just walk and breathe and listen and see and touch. And I've forgotten how much I loved it. You know, I used to do that every day. We lived behind a a huge forest woods, acres and acres and acres, you know, running brooks and a river and a beaver dam. And like every day after school, Mm -hmm. I would go out there for hours. But it's, it's just been something that I've been disconnected to, you know, but wandering under the trees surrounded by woods and catching sight of plants and wildflowers and all these things I can't identify. I don't know what they're called. A little bunny ran out for a surprise sighting and just delighted me. <laughs> you know, and there's wind yeah. in the leaves and sunlight dappled through the branches and that heady, sweet, green scent of the wild world. And I was there in that space, but I could still hear traffic because it's a city oh, trail, uh-huh. you know, and the, the contrast of that just delighted me. But I was there close enough to the city that I could still hear the cars with wind and sunlight on my skin, you know, and falling into a rhythm with the sound of the woods and the birds calling and walking in silence instead of listening to a podcast or an audiobook like I usually would was, was also really unusual for me. And I kept walking until the continual motion felt like swimming. And I was like aware of this gentle pull of my body, like foot to hip, foot to hip. 
and then swaying a little bit because I'm a girl who sashays for no damn reason. <laughs> and starting to hear music, you know, because there's these huge pile of dried leaves under my feet and they're crunching and rustling as I'm walking. And then I started kicking the leaves up into the air and the kicking led to dancing. And I'm like, I am in the middle of the damn woods dancing to no music and I'm happy. I probably look like an idiot, but I was happy. <laughs> so it was it was fun and it was it was hot as hell. It's still in the nineties here in September and I mean come on Ooh. Mother Nature, like I am ready for fall. Knock this shit off. <laughs> but I was able to tune out the heat and humidity and sweat and mosquitoes and just be in the moment, which is incredibly unusual for me. And I enjoyed so much having a camera on my phone to capture the beauty. And like part of the fun was taking good pictures, you know, and sharing them. I have a, a friend who loves butterflies and I took a beautiful picture of a butterfly and sent it to her and photo bombed you with all the trees and, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Like, Watching the sun wink at me through the lens and playing with the light and just watching the light change, you know, over the hour or so that I was in the woods because it was close to sunset when I left and the world had changed just a little between mm -hmm. going in and coming out. And it was an escape of sorts, you know, like when I was young and a forest path was like a wardrobe leading to Narnia and there was a definite marking of a beginning and end of an experience of entering and leaving and I was better for having gone so time in the forest and the walks that I've been taking at night this week in the moonlight have been restorative and energizing so I don't know it didn't answer any of the questions like I don't feel like I have this deep insight about nature that I can share except for the fact that in this way I belong out in it for yeah. far more time than I've given it. Yeah. Well, I feel like that ties into what I have in my notes for analysis really, really nicely. Oh, because, good. Yeah. Well, because once I get out into nature and I start untangling these ideas of capital and nature, you know, this physical space, like the environment, my environment, and then ideas about my nature, I get smacked up against who am I really, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. who I really am and who I think I am and who I think I'm supposed to be. And then it gets kind of dark and twisty and I don't like it. <laughs> but when I think about why I love the natural world, it brings me back to magic and that paradox of feeling both significant and insignificant simultaneously. Just being aware of myself as a part of nature. I know I keep talking about myself as a mammal. and I feel like yeah. that has been that has been a really healing idea for me in a lot of ways that we can probably get into on a different episode if we ever talk about like, I don't know, self-image <laughs> bodies that's gonna oh, be no i mean self-image on a path to orgasm i i know my limitations baby 
But I hear what you're saying about the mammal and the animal in the human. Yeah, and figuring out sort of existing in nature, connecting to my own nature, whatever that is, you know, getting mm-hmm. out of my my head and my assumptions enough to really tap into my natural body, mind, whatever. And I feel terribly sincere and romantic and embarrassed to even be having this conversation. So (laughs) I think sincere, romantic and embarrassed could have been our alternate tagline for orgasm. Yeah, no, I think I yeah, that's that's accurate. (laughs) I'll, (laughs) I'll co-sign that. But now I'm asking why authenticity should be shameful. I mean, or at least it is for me. Like, why is it that when I start to think about my true nature and who I am at my core, why do I feel embarrassed? Like, why is that my go-to emotion? And Mm -hmm. is it in my nature to feel embarrassed? Or is embarrassment something that was put on me or put into me by circumstances I don't know I I don't know what to do with any of that (laughs) no I think it's fascinating because I landed on a lot of the same questions and you know when we hit on things that do feel completely authentic when I tell you I'm blushing I'm not kidding like it's not a use of words like my face literally turns red and I'm like yes that is completely authentic and true Yes, I am dying of embarrassment and actually blushing where no one can see me while I'm podcasting. So I get it. I'm there with you. (laughs) I don't know how to unpack it, but I'm, I'm sharing the experience with you. Yeah, that would be a great question for the folks on Twitter and in Discord and on the forums is this because I'm certain that we're not alone in this sincerity shame Venn diagram right we cannot be the only people who have this experience so I want to know I want to know about people's experiences of being I was gonna say I was gonna say vulnerable but and like what that I I think that connection between sincerity and shame is incredibly powerful and hearing you articulate it made like a thousand thoughts go off in my head we need to dig into that. Yeah, that's something to discuss. Sincerity and shame. Yeah, Woo. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I was there with you because when I was trying to analyze, I kept thinking about the dual nature of self and identity. Mm. So as I, me, am walking through the forest, then there's a girl walking through the woods And the writer spinning stories in her head as she goes. So the human part of me, so philosophical and analytical. And the pure animal part, you know, the physical body sweating and relying on my senses in that wild space. I was an intimidating presence to the bunny and I was food for the mosquitoes that kept biting me. (laughs) Right? So, and and to experience all of that at the same time was sort of awe-inspiring. And, and again, this whole idea of human nature and my true nature and what the hell is my true nature anyway? Is that personality? Is it inclination? 
you know, what is my natural shape and why does it feel so at home in a forest or by the water? And I don't know the answer to that. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I analyze and I think deep thoughts and I say, I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So with questions and no answers, you're going to synthesize? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Easy peasy. Yeah. Let's take all of of these things that make no sense and put them together and they will make sense. And they will meld into one beautiful, holistic picture of nature. No, I mean, (laughs) this this topic kind of took a wild turn for me. That mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to. And synthesis is the next step. And in terms of relating this to authenticity, I need to synthesize all of my thoughts and feelings about nature into one holistic view of my natural self. Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really think, I really think I bit off way more than I could chew here. I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll take, I'll take the easy class. And then it turns out that no, this is the class with all of the deep philosophical questions. And okay, but to be fair, you're in this class with me. So what did you really expect? (laughs) (laughs) Well, do, do you want the honest answer to that question? Yes. I figured you would fuck with me the entire time. <laughs> no. Like, you're like, let me throw this monkey wrench of an idea into this for you. I don't think I've done that at all. <laughs> let me completely change your perspective on something by asking you a question <laughs> that makes you re-examine your entire life. <laughs> No? Okay. Little... You might be setting the bar a little high. Yeah, that was a little bit of chipperish behind the scenes. But <laughs> damn. Damn. I'll come to you with a really simple question about something that I want to talk about for the podcast. And you're like, well. <laughs> hey, I left out like the three pages I could have written about nature and the human soul. So we're keeping it pretty Dude. simple here. <laughs> Wait a minute. There was a whole human soul angle that you didn't unleash. Yeah, I figure it's got to wait for another episode because it's still way too messy. Odd by the human soul. I'm serious. (laughs) No, I love it. (laughs) I love it. What even is the soul? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is the question of my entire existence. This is the question. In this very special bonus episode of Still Dead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I basically am going to interview everyone I've ever known and make them all define the soul for me. It's still a book I want to write. No, fucking do that. That's amazing. Where can I... (laughs) Can I kickstart this? Where do I take my money? Like, how do do I fund this research? That sounds amazing. Are you kidding me? And I don't know what it is about that question that intrigues me so much, but it does. And I didn't really even go there yet with this idea of nature because I don't feel like I can articulate it. And I actually did go back to something a little more simple because I realized that the connection to nature has also a connection for me to both photography and 
writing, you know, or photography uh-huh. and story uh-huh. and how much I miss all of those things. And so, like, what does that say about my true nature? I mean, can something like photography, which was invented and developed by humans, be part of my nature as a human? Whoa. Because what if I lived in a culture where I was never exposed to it, right? So, like, it. these are the, the kind of questions that follow me around. <laughs> but I, I can't, like, having been back in that space... I know that that is a real thing for me. And it's been that way since I was, you know, old enough to hold a camera or, you know, old enough to read. And so, but there's also a cross connection there between photography and story and nature seems to be the thread that runs through it. So I don't know what to do with it. And I don't understand why when these connections are so strong and positive for me, do I spend so little time and pay so little attention to the natural world and resist so strongly the things that I am most drawn to? So, you know, that feeling of turning off my brain while still being awed by nature and still having the deepest creative part of me turned on is a paradox I don't know how to unpack. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. So I will end synthesis with saying... It's just a paradox. It's all a paradox. Yeah. It's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your favorite part of orgasm this week, my dear girl? Well, let's see. I have to go back to trees and shit because (laughs) that feels easier than thinking about who I am at my core as a human mammal. Mm -hmm. But there's this thing that happens to trees that I've noticed over and over and over again on my walks outside. And I'm sure there's a name for it. I don't know enough about trees or what this phenomenon is or what makes it happen. But my kids call it, <laughs> my kids talk about the lightning tree. There's a particular oh, tree. Yeah, there's a particular tree that is a especially dramatic example of this phenomenon where if you're looking at the tree, it goes up and then it it makes a like a like a 90 degree angle like it grows mm-hmm. over and then it starts growing back up again and oh cool maybe somebody knows what causes this but it really looks like it's sort of shaped like a lightning bolt which is why my kids call it the lightning tree or the harry potter tree or <laughs> oh, i love it whatever but it's what i love is that And trees do versions of this all the time. I see it all the time. You'll see a toppled tree that has continued to grow up after falling over, that there was enough connection still to the soil that it was able to pull those nutrients up and start to grow up again after having fallen over. So just the resilience, I guess, of trees Mm -hmm. that stuff happens to them and they just all right, whatever, I'm going this way now. (laughs) I'm going to grow over here. Or the way that trees will grow together as Mm -hmm. as they grow in close quarters. So they, you know, end up looking like, it looks like one big tree, but it's really two that have joined up. I don't know. I just, I'm just amazed at a plant's ability to roll with the punches. Whether that's weather or disease or human, you know, intervention or whatever, 
these trees just they just keep going it's fine (laughs) (laughs) just keep on growing yeah so what was your favorite part of orgasm this week so mine was also connected to a tree which I thought was really funny because this was a specific tree Mm. and I had sort of forgotten about it and I think in in writing about trees I remembered it but the first beach I ever visited as a baby called Jekyll Island and it's one of the coastal islands off the coast of Georgia part of the Golden Isles there's several islands and Jekyll was always the one that that we visited and we went a lot when I was growing up and it's a nature reserve so there are deer there that aren't afraid of people who will actually even get close to you you know and and I like fed a baby raccoon from my hand you know at Jekyll and it's it's a it's a beautiful place and I love it and it has a lot of live oak trees and there's these cross-hatched paths where you're you know the the trees have grown together and, and it's just absolutely gorgeous but there was this one tree that grew close to the part of the beach that that we would visit a lot and I would walk or ride my bike or whatever and I would go to visit this particular tree and I ended up calling it the lover's tree because it, it's, a, it's a live oak tree, but it looks like two. Oh. And it, it, looks like, it looks like two trees that have grown together and are wrapped around each other. It's almost like a double trunk spiral. And then they branch off and there's a part of the top when the branches are still really thick that looks like two people with their arms wrapped around each other. Oh, wow. And I always thought it was stunning and beautiful and just overly romantic and I've adored it and used to sit underneath it and write terrible poetry and (laughs) but I never went back and photographed it even though I always wanted to but I was just reminded so strongly of that tree and I can still see it and remember how I felt the first time I saw like a, a pair of lovers in the tree like seeing that visual kind of reveal itself in something that just looked like a big tree you yeah know? yeah was really beautiful to me and and it was a memory I had forgotten and this helped bring it back so that was a really nice orgasm favorite I, moment <laughs> I love that so did you have any spontaneous orgasms I had a little one so when I was in the forest <laughs> I drew a card from the goddess oracle deck while I was staying on this little bridge surrounded by the trees and it was the ecstasy card And so I was like, of course, of course, this is what I'm going to draw to remind myself that I need to do this more often. But I I thought that whole experience was lovely. And of all the cards to draw in that moment, that really delighted me. How about you? Nothing for me this week. (laughs) Okay, we don't fake. We don't fake spontaneous. No, (laughs) no. I mostly got I got very tangled up in questions. I got very tied up by questions and it was you know it was it was lovely in its own way as being tied up can be but uh, <laughs> there were no there were no orgasms to be had this week <laughs> all right can I redo my answer because I think maybe you saying lovely as tied up can be might just top my <laughs> right card in the woods oh I do adore you that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. So anticipation for our next topic, because this is a bi-weekly podcast, and I keep saying next week, but I mean next episode. (laughs) What are we going to talk about next? (laughs) 
Well, I left it up to you and then you threw it back to me because creativity is hard. And we have a list. Creativity sucks. It's so hard. (laughs) And we have a list of topics. But the one that seemed to resonate for next time was writing. Yes. I'm yeah. super excited about that. And I promise to pick the next one after that. And I and I think I have one that will go with writing. Okay. All right. So I am very excited yeah. about writing. And for those of you who don't speak Southern, because when I when we were texting about this, I was actually using the voice, like the, you know, audio. And when <laughs> I say writing, Siri spells R I D I N G. Because she cannot understand a word I say. So we mean writing. W-R-I-T-I-N-G, like with a pen, yes, which has an E in it, not a pen, like I would say. So <laughs> the written word, the act of writing, <laughs> will be our next orgasm topic. Yeah, pen to paper, but also other people's writing, like the yeah. experience of writing, but also, see, I did it again. It's going to be, I'm like, this is going to be real simple, and then I'm going to get into <laughs> All of the things. All of the things. Well, you'll notice that simplify is not part of our framework for a reason. Mm. No, it's not. Because then it would be ideas. No. (laughs) (laughs) Ideas. Ideas. (laughs) Just a couple extra S's on the end. (laughs) I'm saying there's a reason we synthesize instead of simplify. Yeah, okay, that's fair. You're the boss. <laughs> no. Oh, I so am not. <laughs> um, <laughs> who is the professor here? You. No, this is not class. <laughs> A joint. Wait a minute. This messy is not, creative effort. This isn't class. I was all geared up to clap erasers after we were done. God damn it. <laughs> Please see me after class, Miss LaCroix. <laughs> I need you to be back on task. All right, that's it for today. To connect with us on Twitter and Instagram, follow me at Noella Loud and Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag orgasm. You can also go a little deeper by visiting the Chipperish forums. Go to chipperish.com, click on forum and join in the discussion. Like all Chipperish media podcasts, Orgasm is 100% patron supported. Just a dollar a month or more gets you access to the live chat and Discord, where you can hang out with me and Noelle and all of the Chipperish patrons. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a great way to support the show and help other people find it. Or post about your orgasmic experience on your favorite social media platforms. Explosive inspiration is best when shared with friends. You can also play along with the writing prompts in the orgasm syllabus. The link is in the show notes. We'll be back next time to talk about writing. Until then, we'll leave you with the words of Mary Oliver from her poem, Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves.